Attention mining investors, Brazil Resources Incorporated trading as BRIZF on the OTC and BRI on the TSXV is exploring and developing five gold projects in Brazil, surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits. It's acquiring a nearly 700,000 ounce gold resource. BRI has top geologists earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold in Brazil, led by recognized mining executive Admir Adnani, chairman. Check out Brazil Resources com or call 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again Jeff Berwick. He's uh, the founder of Stockhouse.com. That's Canada's largest financial website. He was the CEO and on the board of directors up until 2006. He is now the founder and chief editor of The Dollar Vigilante. The Dollar Vigilante is a free market financial newsletter focused on covering all aspects of the ongoing financial collapse with information and analysis on investments for safety and for uh, profit during the collapse, uh, including investments in gold, silver, energy, agriculture, uh, agricultural commodities, and uh, publicly traded stocks, and I might add perhaps bitcoins. But in any event, you should go really to dollarvigilante.com to learn more about Jeff's work. Welcome, Jeff. It's really good to have you back. Thanks, Jay. It's my pleasure. Well, it was, it's really my pleasure to have you, and it was really my pleasure to see your face pop up on the big screen here in my office the other day with Rick Santelli on CNBC, and uh, he was asking you all about Bitcoin, and uh, he gave you credit per, for being the inventor of Bitcoin. Jeff, is that is that accurate? Uh, no, that's completely inaccurate. Uh, they also said the same thing on Fox Business. Um, I didn't really have a chance to correct them, although I did on uh, Fox Business a little bit. Uh, but what I am is really, Bitcoin was created by, actually no one really knows exactly who created it. It's really interesting background, and we can talk about that. But uh, my involvement is that I'm a big believer in it. I think it's going to change the world. It's going to be a revolution in money. And uh, and so I'm starting up all kinds of businesses related to it, including we're just, we just launched the first uh, world's first Bitcoin ATM machine. Hmm. And where is that going to be established? Uh, we announced that we're going to put the first one in Cyprus, but it's uh, there's quite a bit of logistics to get it over there. So we may just launch the first one in Los Angeles in the next two weeks, mm-hmm. and then we'll probably launch another one in Cyprus after that. And then we have over 200 orders, uh, or 200 people have uh, ordered uh, at least one machine. One person wants uh, hundreds of machines. Uh, so we are really uh, ramping up to uh, uh, be able to uh, 
handle the demand. So people will be able to go to the Bitcoin ATM and get their, and what, get currency out of there, exchange it for currency, or get Bitcoin pieces of paper, or how does it work? <laughs> yeah, it works both ways. So you can actually d- deposit Federal Reserve notes, or if you're in Europe, euros, uh, into the machine, and th- those will go into your Bitcoin account. And as well, if you have a Bitcoin account already and you have Bitcoins in them, if you want uh, fiat currency, you can go to the machine and withdraw dollars or euros from the machine. All right. Well, one other suggestion I might have for you is uh, how about some of those gold wafers? I think there's somebody has a vending machine for gold, right? Uh, yes, they do. And we're actually working on that as well now to just do transfers between gold and Bitcoin as well. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> well, anyway, let's talk about Bitcoin, uh, Jeff. It's just to me, you know, as an old guy, it's sort of a, it's sort of hard to get my head around it. Uh, you know, we have these pieces of paper we call money. Of course, you and I know that real money is mostly not. It's mostly nothing more than out there in cyberspace, right? It's not real. Uh, it is a figment of your imagination for sure. Is that what Bitcoin is? Very much like the dollar, which has nothing behind it. No, the Bitcoin's much better. Uh, the reason the dollar is not good. It used to be pretty good, obviously, and you know all the history, Jay, but back in 1913 was a really sad day for America when the uh, founding of the Federal Reserve and the Income Tax Act, and that was really the beginning of the end of the dollar, and then in 1933, they had to devalue the dollar against gold, and then they confiscated gold in the land of the free, Mm -hmm. and then in 1971, the U.S. government was once again in trouble after the Vietnam War, were basically bankrupt, and so at that moment, uh, and at that time, thanks to the Bretton Woods Agreement, all the currencies on earth were tied to the dollar somehow. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that, once the dollar went off the gold standard, uh, semi-gold standard in 1971, uh, it really made it so the entire world was for the first time on a completely fiat currency unbacked by anything. And since then, uh, because the world is pervaded by socialist, democratic nation states that are also fascistic, uh, that uh, they've been just printing tons of money going into incredible amounts of debt. And that's what I write about at the Dollar Vigilante is how I see this system in a state of collapse. Uh, George Soros even said in 2008 that the financial system collapsed on that date, and uh, and I agree with them, and I rarely agree with George Soros, but they've just been keeping it alive by printing money, and that's why Ben Bernanke's on his 0% interest rate and QE to infinity uh, until the system collapses, I believe. And so that's why Bitcoin is much better than this now, because Bitcoin can, is not centrally controlled by anybody. Uh, it has a very limited inflation, and actually it has a very uh, actual top limit on the amount of Bitcoins that will be allowed to be created, which is a total of 21 million, and that will actually take another 100 years or so to get to that point. So the inflation rate of Bitcoin is about 1% right now, and uh, and it's, it's going to constantly slow down over time. So we really have a very sound uh, money in Bitcoin. Uh, and that's why it's much better than any other of these currencies right now. And it's just a matter of how long until the public starts to accept it more and use it more in their daily transactions. And that, of course, will also uh, speed up the demise of the dollar. And we're also seeing around the world people are moving away from the dollar. Australia and China just uh, did an agreement to not use the dollar in their trade. China and Russia have already done it. Uh, it's almost every day I see a news release from some government saying they're not going to use the dollar anymore. And so this uh, dollar is going down. There's no doubt about it. And uh, one way to protect yourself is uh, through Bitcoin and, of course, precious metals. Well, that's uh, really interesting. Of course, Jeff, we know that since 1971 is when, as you say, that's when really the exponential growth in debt and credit, money, creation out of nothing was, uh, you know, really set off. Uh, and and so I, I understand that if you have a, a limited supply of Bitcoin, how that could make it more valuable, more stable. 
But explain to me a little bit how it happens that it, I mean, what controls its growth and who controls its growth? It's a really interesting design. Whoever designed it, and it's supposedly a, a Japanese uh, person, but they actually have, some people have done some research. I believe the Fast Company, uh, the magazine, did a lot of research, and they think it's actually a Russian mathematician who did it. And the, whoever did it, they designed it in such a way that you can actually mine bitcoins. They designed it sort of after the gold model. Hmm. And uh, so you can actually mine them. You can set up some computer and actually mine them. It takes a, a lot of computers now. It didn't used to. It's getting harder and harder to create over time, which is the way it was designed. And uh, if you have a lot of computers, you can actually create some Bitcoins. Of course, uh, there's cost for those computers, there's processing power, and there's also electricity costs to run those computers. And it really doesn't actually make you a lot of money to do, but you can still do them. And some people, and, uh, and many free market in innovations have come up. Some people are now uh, creating actual computers that are designed just to mine Bitcoins, and they, and they mine them in a, in a more energy-efficient way. Uh, just like the gold mining industry, the, over time, technology uh, finds ways to uh, mine the gold a little bit better and easier and, and more efficiently. Same thing with Bitcoin. And so, yeah, that's how Bitcoins come into existence. Uh, they, they're always mined. And, but eventually, as I, said, as I stated, uh, the, there will be a top limit. And at that point, you won't be able to create anymore. And even if, uh, even today, they're, they're being created in such a small amount that is not changing the amount of Bitcoins dramatically. And you can see in the price of Bitcoin, it, it went from, at the start of the Cyprus crisis, uh, $30 uh, per Bitcoin. And now it's around, it hit a high of around $150 per Bitcoin. I think it's around 110 today. So you can see that there's a lot of demand coming in. People are catching on that they want to have this currency. And uh, because of that, it's and because of limited supply, it's really going up. And I really raised an eyebrow during that Cyprus uh, crisis. I really expected gold to take off, but it, it barely moved at all. And so, and I know, Jay, you uh, talk a lot with people from GATA and other mm -hmm. people who believe there's a lot of manipulation in the gold market. Mm -hmm. I think that was a real coup for them uh, to really show, and they should be pointing out that Bitcoin tripled during that month while mm -hmm. gold barely moved at all. And it really shouldn't, it should have uh, skyrocketed uh, when you have a European country saying that all the banks are bankrupt, all the banks are closed, they take most of the money from the depositors. That's uh, that type of situation where gold would skyrocket, but it didn't. No, you, and your explanation for that? Uh, I really don't know. I, I'm not a huge believer in massive manipulation in the gold mm -hmm. market, although mm -hmm. I do believe it is possible. Mm -hmm. uh, but th that was the first time that it really made me wonder uh, mm -hmm. more than I usually do. When gold, you know, on the very first day when all the Cypress banks closed, gold went up $3 that day, and uh, the next day it went down $3. That there, there was, there's something going on there, and uh, people like Bill Murphy and Gata and yourself uh, probably know a lot more about that than me. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there is a, a vested interest in keeping people disinterested in gold and in Bitcoin. I mean, I'm talking about the policymakers, the central planners, if you will. But um, I, but let, let's come back to this idea, this concept of mining Bitcoins. This is a, one I'm really having trouble getting my head around. Jeff, you know, we can see gold in the ground. We can see silver in the ground, we can see copper, we can see oil, we can see things like that. It's hard for us to visually see bitcoins because uh, you almost have to be a mathematician, I think, to understand this perhaps, right? Well, how, can you, how can you mine something that doesn't really exist? <laughs> Yeah, you really, uh, you have to, if you really want to understand it, yes, you'd probably have to be a mathematician. I don't understand all the encryption and all the technology behind it. Uh, but really the, the program, it's basically what Bitcoin is, is almost like a program, like a computer program. And it was designed in such a way that uh, people can uh, create them 
using the program, but it takes uh, harder and harder mathematical equations to do, and that's why it becomes harder and harder to create bitcoins. Uh, but this is the way the program was designed. It's designed incredibly ingeniously. Uh, I'd love to meet the person who did it. Uh, apparently, he's because <clears throat> he used to be on a message board with a bunch of crypto uh, graphic type people, really hardcore encryption people. And uh, once he launched Bitcoin, uh, about a year or two later, people asked him. They said, "Hey, are you, you know, this is becoming pretty big. Are you going to?" continue to work with this or promote it or do anything and he said no it's done now i'm going to do something else oh. and so <laughs> it's a really amazing story and you know we, we may look back upon this because bitcoin is a really true free market sound money and uh it's anonymous it's untrackable unregulatable uh we may look back upon this if it becomes real money as uh whoever created that as being a real important person in human history in terms mm -hmm. of freedom interesting well of course there are those that say they don't believe that the government is going to allow this to 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 grow too much i'm looking at uh, the financial times of uh, april 4th uh, the day after you were on the uh, all these me media appearances jeff uh, there was a jim angel a professor uh, at the McDonald School of Business uh, at Georgetown University. He's skeptical of bitcoins. He says, and I quote, governments don't like competition in the currency business, and if it gets too big, they will uh, clamp down. What is, your, what is your response to that? You're saying they can't do anything about it. Why? Well, that's the beautiful thing, and that's why I think it's so fantastic, is it's impossible to clamp down upon it because there is no central Bitcoin servers. Uh, they can't just go somewhere with a warrant and their usual SWAT teams like they do for raw milk people and all those sort of things and come in and take everything uh, because Bitcoin is on hundreds of thousands of computers around the world. It's all uh, uh, decentralized. It's, it's on something called Torrents. Uh, you might remember Napster. And mm -hmm. uh, how people traded music. Sure. Those songs, those songs were never on one particular computer. They were on everyone's computer around the world in bits and pieces. So in order to stop that, uh, the only way you could actually stop it is to turn off the internet or to take everyone's computers. And uh, that's just uh, going to be very hard for them to do at this point. Yeah. Well, they can take some of our computers, I guess, and that's uh, uh, those of us who live at ground zero in places like I live here in New York and, and elsewhere. I guess some of us are more concerned about that than uh, than people like you who have found more uh, remote areas to live in the world. But in any event, uh, this professor also said, um, he says, you are trusting a logarithms to protect the system, and we all know that technolo technology breaks or gets hacked. We are just one scandal away from Bitcoin collapsing entirely, end of quote. Well, he obviously doesn't understand technology very well. Uh, it is possible. It is possible, highly, highly unlikely, uh, very unlikely, uh, just because of the de decentralized nature of Bitcoin. Uh, you would have to somehow take over all the computers on Earth uh, to do it. Uh, and and as well, the, the Bitcoin is, is really very decentralized. You, you can't, uh, and as well, it's open source. Uh, it's open source software. So there's been thousands and thousands of high-level programmers and security and encryption type uh, people who are experts who have all looked at the at the code and say that it is not hackable. You know, it's really a, an amazing technology. And this is what the Internet is bringing us, all these amazing technologies that get around all the problems in the world today, which today is mostly government and central banks and their, their control of the money supply and the control of money through uh, legal tender laws and making you pay taxes, which you have to pay in their currency. 
these things, uh, technology is really our best hope for a much freer world. Well, it's, it certainly is something I'm, I'm sure that's going to cause the establishment some concern. I, I think that uh, this Financial Times uh, article uh, of the 4th of April uh, is trying to make um, bitcoins look like like a fraud, like something that is absolutely, uh, you know, not not something to be taken serious. I mean, it's a bit of good propaganda, I suppose, from the Financial Times. But I think it's a bit ironic, Jeff, that on the very same day, the article right next to it on the front page of the Times said Deutsche Bank in new probe over crisis accounting. So here we go. The establishment has got its uh, skeletons all over the place. The system is breaking down. Uh, you have this new technology called bitcoins, uh, and they are trying, are ready to try to uh, to destroy it in the minds and hearts of various uh, of the populace. But let me ask you this: You said the limit is 21 million. Yes, Jeff. We have trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars being created out of nothing. Um, the potential valuation in terms of these increasingly worthless, admittedly increasingly worthless units of measure called dollars could be what? I mean, it could be infinite almost. Yes, in terms of dollars, yes. Um, so let's let's take an example. Let's say Bitcoin really catches on. Everyone starts to use it. People use dollars less and less. Uh, if Bitcoin actually took over as a main currency of the world in, in lieu of the dollar, uh, I don't know how many dollars are outstanding. Let's just say it's ten trillion. I don't know how many it is. Yeah. And I don't think anyone really knows. Uh, but uh, let's say it's ten trillion. Well, it, Bitcoin right now has 11 million bitcoins out. So you would just, if Bitcoin is going to take over for the dollar, you could actually just divide 11 trillion by 11 million, and that would be the amount that a Bitcoin would be worth. And I think I, I went to public school, so I can't do it in my head, but I think that's around a million dollars of, uh, of per Bitcoin. But the, the cool thing about Bitcoin is that um, the uh, it's divisible to the to the eighth decimal. So even if a Bitcoin did become worth a million dollars per dollar. Uh, you could still transact with it because uh, you could just trade point zero 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 one Bitcoin for mm -hmm. a Coca-Cola or a Big Mac or something. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was designed for uh, to be able to handle that uh, evolution. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting because it reminds me of one of the criticisms that all of the people that want to stay with fiat currency make against gold being uh, a monetary unit again is that there's just not enough of it around. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. it's the same. It's the yeah. same lame argument, really, because as you say, you can, you can just you know push out the decimals and use it that way. Yeah, um, it's a ridiculous argument. Just to uh, add to that, uh, with gold, even if there's only one ounce of gold on Earth, as long as that one ounce of gold could be broken up into nano bits of gold, which it can, uh, you can still use it as money. Uh, it's not. A, it's not a matter of you need massive amounts of piles of currency. Uh, to transact, it, the, amount, the amount of money is not an important factor as long as it's divisible. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you know, you talk about um, philosophically, I guess, getting in, I mean, getting into the philosophy of, of this, you know, where you're talking about this being really anarchistic, huh? uh, anarchy. And, and you are a proponent of anarchy. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, explain to people, because most people think of anarchists as these crazy guys that go around throwing bombs and killing people. You, I've known you for a while now, Jeff, and, well, you certainly do enjoy life a lot, but you don't go around hurting people. I've never no, seen you do that. 
Yeah, no, the actual tenet of anarchy is the non-aggression principle. Uh, the term anarchy, the governments and the media have been trying to misconstrue that term for decades now. Uh, whenever anyone riots or throws a bomb or blows something up, they always say it's anarchist, but it's mm -hmm. not anarchist. If, if they were true anarchists, they would not do that. Anarchists do not uh, initiate force. Uh, the, the true meaning of the word anarchy is uh, without a ruler. The, the Greek term is an without uh, archi ruler. Mm -hmm. And it just means that you don't believe that anyone else should be able to rule over you and that you shouldn't rule over anyone else. And when you take that to its logical conclusion, what that means is that you don't aggress against other people. Mm -hmm. uh, government in its form is aggression. It's violence and through taxation is theft. Uh, anarchists, uh, true anarchists, really believe in voluntary transactions. We believe all transactions should be voluntary. And this is why Bitcoin's very exciting to a lot of people who believe in freedom. And if you believe in true freedom, then you are an anarchist. Uh, then uh, Bitcoin is a true free market money that has evolved from the free market. It's voluntary. There is no one who controls it. Uh, it's untrackable, untraceable, unregulatable. And uh, it's beautiful. And it really uh, could uh, portend the fall of the entire uh, fiat government uh, financial system, which will uh, fall anyway. Uh, with or without Bitcoin, it will uh, the dollar will go to zero in the next five or ten years, in my opinion. Uh, the, we can go into all the details on why I think that, but that's really, the numbers are baked in the cake at this point with all the government debt and with the printing of money. And uh, so, yeah, this is a really exciting thing. This is why I've really gotten into it. Of course, at the dollar vigilante, I'm talking about the collapse of the dollar. So uh, Bitcoin was just a natural progression for me to get excited about because it's sort of the future. Uh, many people before Bitcoin would always ask, well, without the dollar, what would there be? Uh, you know, someone has to create a currency and people have to accept it. Well, I always used to say the free market will do that. And I, I always expected gold and silver would also return to be used as money, coin format. But through technology, you could store the gold at uh, some private vault somewhere and have some sort of private credit card of some sort, which would actually just take your, your gold holdings out of your account whenever you purchased anything. Uh, the, the, uh, the potential for any future free market money is incredibly exciting. And anyone who really believes in freedom, anyone who uh, believes in gold because it's uh, 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 sound money that cannot be uh, created on a whim by some guy with a beard in some building in secret meetings, uh, should be excited at the very least about the potential of Bitcoin. Now that said, I, Bitcoin is very new. We really don't know where it's going to go. Uh, it could just go nowhere if it doesn't catch on, but it seems like it's really catching on, and uh, and that's why I'm trying to talk about it as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And it's catching on as the system uh, seems to be in the process of collapsing, because I believe it was the Cyprus event that really triggered a lot of interest in this, isn't, wasn't it, Jeff? Well, it's very interesting because Bitcoin itself launched on November 2008, and I'm sure you remember, Jay, that was, a, that, that was a tough time for the right. statist financial system. Yeah. Uh, so the timing couldn't have been better there. And then it sort of just sort of grew over time slowly, and people were, you know, a lot of techies and more freedom-loving kind of people were getting into it. Uh, but then, yes, you're right, after Cyprus, uh, it tripled in price, uh, and uh, and that's why we're rushing to try to get a Bitcoin ATM over there, uh, because the ATMs, uh, are most of them, are they were closed for a while, and now you can only take out, a, I believe, 100 euros per day or something like that. Uh, of course, most Cypriots, unfortunately, are now 
poor because of what happened, uh, what their governments and, and what the EU central bank and what everyone did to them. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, but if they had got into Bitcoin a, a year ago, a lot of Cypriots, and they'd taken some of their money out of their bank uh, and put it into Bitcoin, of course, Bitcoin a year ago was around $3. It's now $100. So they would have already uh, made a lot of money on that. And then they would have had access to their uh, to their wealth, uh, with even with the collapse of the system. And I believe what's going on in Cyprus will happen throughout Europe. It will definitely happen in Italy. It will happen in Spain. It will happen in France. It will happen throughout Europe. And it will eventually happen in the U.S. So the sooner you can get uh, into other forms of hard, sound money, and that I do call Bitcoin hard because it is actually uh, something tangible, uh, but although you can't hold it in your hand, but you know, that's the way the world's going. It's, uh, many things nowadays are not actually anything hard. Uh, e- email, Internet, none of that stuff is something you can hold in your hand, but people accept it as something that's a very important part of their life today. And uh, soon I hope they accept Bitcoin as part of their life. It really is, uh, no doubt about it, very real. Well, what about getting this ATM in Cyprus, Jeff? Do you see a lot of, I mean, I would think that probably the government of Cyprus is selling out to the larger establishment, to the IMF uh, and powers behind the throne, if you will, global powers behind the throne. What are, do you anticipate having problems getting it into Cyprus, legally getting it into Cyprus? The, well, the Cyprus, Cyprus in general and Europe in general aren't quite like the U.S. where they track everything and check everything that comes into the country. Um, you know, it's, it looks like an ATM, so I'm not expecting uh, major problems there. But what I am expecting is as Bitcoin uh, becomes more popular, that various governments will try to regulate it. They can't regulate Bitcoin, but they can regulate something which is uh, something real, like a Bitcoin ATM that they can actually just come and take, which is what governments do. They just steal and, and, and protect their monopolies on violence and theft and money printing. Uh, so, yeah, we're expecting there's going to be some pushback, uh, but we've had so much interest. We've had interest from over 30 countries now. Mm. Uh, some of them include Argentina, Iran, places where they have capital controls in place. Uh, and we're just going to push forward. We're actually raising a fair amount of money right now so we can uh, fend off any legal challenges, things like that, and also to get the machines out there as fast as possible. Uh, the government's usually quite slow on new technologies and regulating them. They've, they were very slow on the Internet, uh, but they seem to really uh, be paying attention to Bitcoin because this really hits at the heart of their power uh, control is the money system. That's really how they control everything. And so they'll, they'll, they'll probably be taking some very big swings at us, but uh, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to fight for freedom. I'm going to fight for individual rights to property and, and to voluntary transactions and against aggression. What if people were interested in investing, Jeff? Uh, can they? Uh, is there some way they can do that? Investing into? Uh, you, have you set up a corporation to handle this, or is it just a couple, is it yourself or a few people that are financing this, or how, how is it working? Yeah, we've, we've, we're setting everything up right now. Everything's uh, in process. Uh, we were set up as an offshore company, of course. I'm not an American to begin with, and mm-hmm. and uh, so I always have all my companies in offshore jurisdictions with no taxes, which is excellent. And uh, yes, we're accepting our first round of investment in the next few weeks. If anyone's interested, they can go to BitcoinATM.com. Uh, we actually have much bigger plans than just the Bitcoin ATM. We're going to have online exchanges uh, where you can even do things like buy Bitcoin or even short Bitcoins. Uh, we're going to uh, try to get Bitcoins into the uh, payment systems of merchants worldwide uh, through the point-of-sale systems. Uh, we've got massive plans that actually has huge potential. And uh, and so this is a very exciting uh, 
uh, thing. And uh, we already have more than 100 people who've already contacted us. They want to invest. We actually don't need a, a lot of money at this point, but we will accept uh, some investment to really roll out our products as quickly as possible and get them out there. And uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. To me, Bitcoin reminds me a lot of when the internet first came out. A lot of people are skeptical. Uh, a lot of people have questions about it. I don't know if you remember, Jay, but back when the internet came out, you had companies saying, oh, we'll never go on the internet. There's too much risk. What if one of our employees loses their laptop? We'll lose our information. <laughs> but of course, uh, you know, the free market technologies have solutions to all these issues. And I expect the same with Bitcoin. We'll probably see Bitcoin insurance companies insuring your Bitcoins at Bitcoin banks. Uh, as long as the governments uh, just uh, are too slow or, or stay out of the way long enough, we'll have an amazing financial system all built up around Bitcoin. I'm even looking into starting a Bitcoin stock exchange, uh, which you can buy stocks in Bitcoin, uh, all sorts of exciting innovations that, uh, that hopefully will all come to fruition. <laughs> it's really, uh, really exciting, very, uh, uh, very amusing, I must say, for an old guy like me to, to listen to you talk. Oh, one thing I want to ask you before we, uh, we are almost out of, out of time, but I want to ask you this, Jeff, as, I was, as you were talking there with I was thinking about gold money, which is, uh, you know, I've known James Turk for many, many years, the proprietor of gold money. He's got a patent on gold money, uh, several patents perhaps. Is there any way that you might be able to interact with something like that? In the future. Oh, absolutely. And that's another thing that we're looking into. I know James Turk as well. He's a great guy. He's an anarchist, an anarcho-capitalist, uh, a fantastic person. His gold money product, I'm a, I hold gold with him at uh, his vaults, which he has in Switzerland and other places. Um, and he actually has caught on to Bitcoin already, and he's been looking into ways that possibly people can buy gold in his vaults via Bitcoin and oh. take money out via Bitcoin. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and it's really exciting. No, it is exciting. Very, very exciting. Well, Jeff, we're almost out of time, but there is one more philosophical question I'd, I'd like to just delve into a little bit more. You know, in your missive that you sent out this morning, you talked about this circular argument that government makes. Government, you know, we're told that we have to have government because people are bad. But government, of course, is made up of people who are also bad. So it's, and then, and then you give monopoly power to government and there's no constraints or controls on government. So you can argue, as our founding fathers did in America, that government is the biggest potential problem that we have. That said, our founding fathers believed that we should have some sort of minimal, limited government. And the reason that I kind of agree with that, Jeff, and tell me why I'm wrong, is that, um, is that throughout history, people have not always been responsible. You make the point in your article, very rightly so, that uh, we have to be responsible for our own actions. But people aren't always responsible for their own actions. Uh, we've had murders and, and rape and robbery and stuff throughout history, not necessarily by government, but sometimes by individuals against other individuals. So how should we deal with people who are not responsible, who do bad things to one another? Without well, the, a government, without government. Well, just like how Bitcoin evolved from the free market, the free market can do anything the government does and do it better and more efficiently uh, without using force against people to take their money to make them pay for it. Uh, you're looking at right now in the U.S., there's so many places the police forces have become so broke through all their, uh, you know, all the socialism and, and wastage of money because government is never very efficient. They always destroy tons and tons of money. Uh, many people in the U.S. have just started hiring private security firms to, to uh, work in their neighborhood. Uh, so that, that's a free market solution. There's free market solutions to almost anything. Uh, for disputes, uh, you can actually...
actually sign in a contract with someone that will go to a website like judge.me, which is a uh, online free market uh, dispute resolution service. And you can say, this is in our contract, and if we have a dispute, we're going to go there, and we're going to adhere to whatever they say. And, of course, if judge.me does a bad job over time, then they'll lose business, they'll go out of business, and other ones will pop up that do a much better job that, that people uh, feel are doing a, a fair job of, of uh, making de- decisions on things that people can't agree with. Uh, the free market can uh, solve almost anything. And now, thanks to the Internet, we really have the opportunity for that to happen. It's already happening with Judge.me, uh, private security. There's there's more than uh, 200% more private security guards in the U.S. than there are actually public police. Mm. And you never hear about the private security guard brutality or or them pulling you over on the street and, and uh, you know, because you went five miles per hour too fast in their arbitrary opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- this system is really a terrible system. I, I believe that statist ideology, which is collectivism, yes. which is thinking of ourselves as a collective, not as individual people, Right. Is a uh, was a mistake. Uh, you can look back on the last century. There was over 200 million people killed by their own governments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, we went through it. We've we've learned from it. Hopefully, hopefully people are learning from it, and people start to move towards free market solutions, private enterprise to deal with their issues. Well, Jeff, I, I want to thank you very much. I don't think there's a better uh, apologist for. Uh, for free markets than you, and and I know a lot of them. Uh, certainly, uh, you know groups of people that you know, uh, that I know, uh, are are very much believe what you say. But I think you do a great job of explaining it. Want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time to talk to us today, Jeff. And uh, just one more time, tell our listeners uh, it is the dollarvigilante.com where they That's can follow right. your work, the dollarvigilante.com. That's excellent, right. excellent. Well, I hope to uh, keep up the good work, Jeff. I hope to see you, your face pop up more often on CNBC when I can take the mute button off and, and listen uh, during the uh, during the trading day here in New York. I understand you will be coming up to New York again sometime in the near future to do some more media appearances and best uh, best wishes with your uh, many new endeavors, but especially uh, the ATM machine. That's a really exciting development. Uh, really interesting, fascinating. Development. Thank you so much, Jeff, for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jay, and keep up the great work yourself. I always enjoy uh, listening to your program. It's always great to have you on and, and to chat with you. Thank you very much, Jeff. Well, folks, don't go away. I'll be right back with our next guest after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Windfall profits happen frequently in gold exploration stocks, but the risk of losses are also common. Miranda Gold enhances prospects of shareholder gains by combining the intellectual capital of geologists, mine finders Ken Cunningham and Joe Herbert with other people's hard dollars in search for elephant-sized gold deposits in politically safe places like Nevada and Columbia. That keeps shareholder dilution to a minimum, so when discoveries are made, major gains are possible. For more, go to MirandaGold.com. Nevada Gold Corporation controls 18 exploration and development properties covering nearly 50 square miles in Nevada's well-known gold trends. Its flagship Wind Mountain Gold Silver Project is 100% owned and had an independent updated resource estimate and positive preliminary economic assessment in early 2012. This past September, Bravada signed an agreement with Argonaut Gold to further explore and develop Wind Mountain. For further information, please visit bravadagold.com.
listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to the uh, welcome back to turning hard times into good times. I just realized that I forgot to tell you during the first uh, part of the second hour, uh, remind you of who our sponsors are. Our sponsors for the second hour of today's show are Timmins Gold, Bravada Gold Corp, and Golden Arrow Resources. Well, I'm really pleased to have with me. Uh, I guess for the first time, Rich Redez. He's a, a longtime friend of mine, um, stockbroker, uh, a gold-orientated stockbroker. I'd call him a libertarian, a freedom fighter, uh, and he's also a guy that um, he, he really works hard uh, to help other people, and he's done a, a very good job of putting together, I think, one of the most interesting, one of the most enjoyable gold shows or gold mining, uh, let's say, mineral shows uh, exploration mining shows that I go to because of the size and the format. It's just a, a really different show, um, and that's uh, in the Chicago area. Welcome, Rich. It's really good to have you with me. Glad to be here. Really good. Uh, tell our people about your show. It's it's located in Rolling. Uh, this is called Rolling Meadows, isn't We're it? The Rolling uh, Meadows Holiday Inn Convention Center. Uh, we'll be there one day, Friday, July six twenty six, a week from this Friday. Uh, oh, that's start, April April twenty sixth, Rich. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Yep. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, uh, you know, it's just a one day. It starts around noon and finishes the workshop, which you'll be a part of. Finishes about nine p.m. at night, you know. And we we got about twelve companies coming, and uh, we got quite a lineup, you know. You know, I've been doing these things for thirty five years. I think this is probably the most one of the most pivotal, most important conferences we ever have ever done. Uh, you know, the times are changing a little bit, and it's time to start uh, pulling out your shopping list. You know the, the the pricing between a lot of the shares that we own, the mining shares, and the gold price has been really out of whack, and probably the most historic spread in history. So, if somebody's got a you know some long term, and you know I'm a long term investor, you know I've been doing this 35 years, and I'm just bullish as hell on the uh, on the resource industry. I really am. I think I think it's a great place to be for the long term. You know, Rich, it's um, uh, it's at times like these we've had a horrendous decline in the gold price, uh, although. Uh, as has been pointed out by Rick Rule, who was on the show a few weeks back, uh, it really hasn't compared with anything that we had in 1975, 76, I believe it was, when we uh, we went down 43%. Actually, the gold in round numbers, it went from 35 to 100, and then from 100 to 200, they're just underneath 200, and then back to just above 100. And it really uh, scared the living daylights out of gold investors. I think this one, uh, this decline that we've had has been fast and furious, almost panic selling. It's, it's, it really shook me to my core, I must say. Uh, and yet it's at times like these uh, when people can really start to look, put their uh, emotions aside and look rationally at, uh, at mining companies or whatever the investment is and try to uh, ferret out value, right? I mean, I, it seems to me that we're looking at some of the greatest values that I've seen in a long, long time right now. A- a- absolutely, and it's so it's hard to do things when you're supposed to do them. So you know, it's always the case, and 
it's easy to buy uh, things in a really strong market, and we, which is always a mistake sometimes. So Harry Oppenheimer, the richest man in the world, used to say he always likes to buy when there's blood in the streets. So, yes, we do have some blood, but uh, I believe in the industry. And I, I think the problem in the U.S. is that no one understands the resource industry too much, you know, and it's not well-followed, guys like you and I and a few things, but it's a lot, you know, it's not like up in Canada and Europe and Asia where the, the, these companies and the mining, mining industry just didn't get much respect. No, that's for sure. And as we had Curtis Ellis on the show earlier today talking about how, in effect, the uh, the ruling elite in this country have decided that we don't need to have mining and manufacturing and those sort of jobs that create stuff. We have to. We can just be all be, you know, clicking on our computers and 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 uh, doing service oriented jobs. And of course, I think that's been very bad for the country. But that's that's another issue. The point is that real wealth is created from those basic industries, right? Mining, manufacturing, and things like that. It's not going to go away. So you know, no, it's, no. But we we have some excellent speakers lined up, Jay. Uh, we got Marshall Barrow from the Encompass Fund. Of course, you will be on uh, our workshop panel. We got Dr. Lee Warren, who's African American doctor. He has, has a health and wellness blog. We have Miss Shedlock, who was with Sitka Pacific. You know Miss real well. Yep. Uh, we have Chris Temple on the program. His newsletters uh, ranks number seven for the last ten years from Hilbert. So. Uh, you know his 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 newsletter is a national investor, but we got an excellent lineup of, of speakers, and we also have an excellent lineup of companies. We got uh, four companies from Tanzania, and as you know, that's probably the most attractive country to do business in in uh, uh, in Africa. Uh, Barrick, you know, six world class properties. We got Focus, uh, uh, which is a graphite company. Uh, we got Houston Lake, which is up uh, a rare earth company up at north of Kenora there. Uh, these companies are all we have. We have uh, Uranium Energy, which is one of the few, I think, uranium companies in production in the United States. So yeah, I, uh, we have Belizean, the Belizean uh, Gold Corp will be there. They're in production, Belize. So these are companies that are very attractive and uh, in time for really take a good hard look. And as you know, this is a workshop. It's a learning thing. We sort of eat and have shrimp, jumbo shrimp and. And sockeye salmon, and, and uh, we, in, in fact, we even in, we're ending the thing with another buffet at the end. And we got Aaron Dorfman playing, who plays at the Honky Tonk Barbecue in Chicago, which is probably the most famous barbecue in the Midwest. So, it's quite a day. It's going to be probably a little hectic at times through the exhibition ta- and, the, and the presentations, but we're really looking forward to it. And uh, you can you can register. Only re- requirement is registration through our website, and that's ChicagoResourceExpo.com. That's Chicago. ResourceExpo.com. You just follow Yellow Brick Road on there and register, and we'll be glad to have you. We'll send you a complete schedule and come in and check in. And free parking out there, easy to get to. Uh, it's about a half hour drive from O'Hara on the other side of the air, on the west side of the airport, not downtown, which is a big plus I think for most people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easy to get to, easy to get in and out. It, it, it's a tense day, but it's also a day of learning, education, and fun. And I think we eat a lot too. Oh, it's it's a great time. It's a lot of fun, and I really enjoy. As I was saying, one of the reasons that I enjoy it so much, Rich, is because um, it it may be a bit intense. I don't know, but to me, it's not compared to a lot of the other bigger shows. You will have uh, I don't know how many how many sponsors, how many companies there about ten or twelve or something like that. Ten, twelve companies. It's 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 a one on one conference, so it's more personal. I've always done business that way, you know, on on a one on one level, you know, and it's just it's just. People and people take their time and everything's close and 
and they take your time, and uh, it works out real well for everybody. You know, it's a nice, oh. nice, relaxed learning atmosphere. It really is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I I really enjoy it because there's not so many companies there, and uh, because the ones that are there, you can take as you know, you can really feel like you have the time to uh, to learn to know something as much as you want about them. Uh, to, you know, um, some of the other people that are going to be there, Mish. So, what are we going to have? A lunch, uh, like a lunch panel? Is that what it is, Rich? Yeah, we'll have a workshop from uh, seven to nine. On Friday at Friday, on Friday evening, uh, we, uh, lunch, well, we're going to have a basic lunch at, at noon. It starts the exhibition hall starts at noon, and then we and then we'll have presentations all day. And then you guys will be on uh, from seven to nine on the workshop. Yes. And, that's when, and that's then when and the way this works, uh, Rich, if it's the same as other years, basically what you do is you just open it up to the to the people there to ask questions of the guys, uh, myself and others that you just named that are up on the stage, right? Yeah, we. we we really have a lot of interaction that way. No, none of the other, other conferences do this. I think guys get no. up there. Now, Marshall's going to make a presentation a little bit about the Encompass Fund in between the other presentations. But uh, really, and, and people learn so much, uh, and we try to cover it. You know, and, and we, we have a moderator, and, he, and we keep people moving along. But, you know, it, it, you learn from people's questions. And you, right. You know, and, and there will be all types of questions asked from currencies to the dollar to inflation, deflation. Everything you know. What's your favorite stock? What are you doing with the you know currencies or you know what and what you know? And it works out real well for people. And, I, and my, you know these people. Of course, you know I had my own TV show in Chicago for ten years, and people really look forward to this conference. And if you've never been there before, you'll understand if you spend the time to come. So. Oh, absolutely correct. Absolutely, you know. And I'm one that has gone to conferences in Asia and Europe, uh, San Francisco, New York. Um, you know. Uh, all these at uh, uh, Toronto, Vancouver, all these conferences that I go to, and this is the one that I find to be the most fun. And right. I think also, um, you know, I think you can r- really learn a lot. And you know, just uh, we've had Mish Shedlock on this show already, and Mish is uh, uh, an ardent deflationist, isn't he? Has yes, he changed he at all? Is he still no? Seen the no, world he that still way? is. And, and you know, you, you got to admit, we do have we're in a deflationary cycle here right now. You know, so somewhat now how, what the impact's going to be for sure, I don't know. But uh, so far, you know, I can't argue with that point right now. So, well, know. for sure, we have uh, the, the natural forces of the market wants to deflate and the, uh, the powers that be want to try to fight nature, in essence, by printing untold trillions of dollars. Um, you have, um, uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Chris Temple. Is it Chris Temple? You say he has had the number, he's a top-rated newsletter, he writes a newsletter uh, with Hulbert. What, what's yeah. his thing? What's his, is he a technical he, analyst, fundamental? What does he do? A little bit of everything. I, and he's been right. He, you know, he's been bearish on the gold market here the last two months. Uh-huh. So, you know, and he's, he's recommended shorting uh, some of the ETFs and I mean, mm-hmm. Hibbert, uh, Hibbert has been rated number seven for the last ten years. So wow. he covers all types of stocks, just not not only you know the entire market across the board. And yeah. He's really really pretty good. So, uh-huh. so that's good. That's that's very important. Uh, also, uh, you know, it's 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 good to to see the whole universe of investment opportunities. Well, sometimes you, gotta, you miss you out. Got, you got to be diversified, you know. And I mean, if you don't like this, you don't like that. That's fine, but. 
you still, you know, you still, you know, it's just, gold belongs in a portfolio one way or the other. You know, you, even if you don't want it in there, you got to have it. But you know, I think we've had an exhaustion gap in the in the gold market on the short term. There's been excessive trading here, ex- biggest volume we ever seen in a GLD, and it, it looks very positive for the long term. And the industry, I mean, the, the the big guy, the big mining companies are cutting back on their projects. The junior companies that got good projects are going to become more attractive. That got good management teams and can still rate funds are going to survive. And 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 basically, we're having a shakeout in the junior market and a natural shakeout, which should have happened a long time ago to all the other companies, but they all got bailed out. You know. Yeah. So, well, it's a, it's a natural thing, and of course, I make the point that. Uh, it's an Austrian economic concept of malinvestment, but when the huge amounts of money get pumped into the system, as has happened ever since 1971, a lot of money gets invested badly into areas that shouldn't be invested in. And I think that our industry is not exempt from that either, Rich. You know, when, when there's money sloshing around, it, it's some of it, a little tiny bit of it, uh, malinvestment, money that shouldn't be out there that's been created out of nothing, uh, finds its way uh, into the mining sector to go into projects that aren't really worthy of being developed, perhaps, a lot of times. And there's a lot of speculation in this industry, and so you do have to be careful, but I think probably right now it's safer to get into this industry than it is than it was two months ago, or, or a year ago, for sure. Absolutely. The shakeouts, and that, that's what the show's about. Come in and do your homework. You meet the management of these companies one-on-one. Some you'll like, some you won't. You know, and uh, you know, and the, and there are we, we that you know some are in the gold business, graphite business, rare earth business. You know, and, and uh, but at the same time, you know, you can take a look at these things and and then talk about them and talk about them to people, ask questions and and learn a few things and and have some uh, wild sockeye salmon and jumble shrimp and. Uh, cocktail in between and have a good time. <laughs> oh, <it is. laughs> What's not to like about that? Tell our listeners one more time uh, the website where they can go to sign up, and they do need to sign up before they go, Rich, or can it's they a, sign it's up? It's a requirement. Door? Yeah, you have to register. That's the only. That's the only requirement. Yeah, you, if you can't, if you got to just pop in, that's okay too. But we we prefer registration. Well, it makes internet. it easier. Otherwise, it becomes an administrative yeah, nightmare make, make for you. Tags and so, stuff and, you know, ChicagoResourceExpo.com. ChicagoResourceExpo.com. Uh, also, I wonder, do you happen to know if uh, all-in-one preparedness is going to oh, be there? Oh, they will be. Oh, yeah, they, uh, they will be. I'm sorry, I missed them. They will be at the yeah. show. They will have a booth, and they will make a presentation. You know, okay, that's uh, that's very good. Suzanne, Dr. Suzanne Zatner has been uh, on this show in the past. Your son was with us last week to talk about it. I know he's involved with it. Yep. Uh, this is a very important thing. We've had like a lot of imp- people uh, on this show, like Chris Martinson and others, uh, that have really underscored the importance of being prepared, whether it's uh, for the kind of civil disorder that some of us hope and pray never happens, or whether it's just a good old-fashioned hurricane like we had here in New York last year. It always is a good idea to uh, to have those. Uh, backup supplies available so all-in-one preparedness will be there and i might mention people can go to j taylor media j j a y taylor media.com click on the all-in-one preparedness button and you get a five percent discount if you put in the code that's uh that's there as well so rich i think that's all anything else you'd like to say before we part company I'm just tremendously bullish long-term, as I have been for 35 years, Jay. You know, I've been on 350 mining properties and 
around the world five times. But man, yeah. I, I tell you, and, and the industry just just doesn't get in respect. Some of the finest people, best geologists I ever met, have been with these with these junior companies. To tell you the truth, and I just think there's a tremendous opportunity there if somebody has. And I'm a, I'm a long-term guy. I'm not a trader. But you can still trade some of these things, too, if you want to. You know, yeah. they, they, you'll get a rebound here. We're starting to see one now. And, and uh, I think it's, it's it, you know, you just got to gotta look at it the long-term picture. Demand for gold is not going to go away. You know, it's going to continue to grow. Absolutely. As they're printing endless amounts of money uh, in a vain attempt to try to fix things, I think gold becomes more and more uh, of a must-have asset in your portfolio. Thank you very much, Rich, for being with us, and I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks up uh, in Chicago. Week week from Friday. Thank you, Jay. Rolling Meadows. Thank you very much. Folks, don't go away. I'll be right back with a summary of today's show and also a word about next week's guests. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. Paramount Gold is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce advanced stage gold and silver projects in the mining-friendly jurisdictions of Nevada and northern Mexico. Backed by a strategic investor and a strong balance sheet, an experienced management team has completed preliminary economic assessments on both projects, showing robust economics and immense potential for increasing ounces and mine life. For more information, go to ParamountGold.com or follow on Twitter, PZG News. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top-ranked gold mining region. Sandgold's most recent gold discovery, the Shoreline Basalt Mining Unit, is already in production at more than 75,000 ounces per year. And Sandgold continues to pursue nearby targets within one of Manitoba's most prospective gold mining trends, the Rice Lake Gold Belt. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol is SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www.sandgold.ca. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and uh, with a word, uh, sort of a summary of today's uh, show and the things that we talked about, and then a, just a word about next week's guests. Uh, really did enjoy having both Jonathan Moore uh, and Rich Redez on with me today. I think, 
at this point in time, Rich Rodezzi just said uh, something that I agree with very much, and that is that he believes this is a pivotal time for the mining industry, for the junior exploration stocks. Uh, I, I think he's probably right. If we've seen the bottom in the mining shares, uh, in the gold price, in the silver price, and I, as I said in my preliminary remarks today, I'm not sure that we have. I think there's a good chance that we have. The volume was massive uh, on the downside. It seems to have abated. Uh, it was fast and furious. It looked like sort of a capitulation uh, situation, and maybe we've seen the bottom. And if that is the case, then there are going to be, and there are, some unbelievable values. I talked about a few of them earlier on today. Bravada Gold, a sponsor of this show, uh, is one that I love very much because of, uh, of what I think it said. It's Wind Mountain property. Uh, great value. But in any event, both uh, Jonathan and Rich Rodez are heading up shows that I think are very much worth you considering attending. Um, and with Ron Paul scheduled to speak uh, in New York City, uh, he's certainly a main attraction, but there's lots of other people. I'll be there speaking at both conferences as well, but those of you who listen to me every week uh, or buy my newsletter, uh, you won't go there to hear me because you hear me on this show, I suppose. Uh, but I look forward to seeing you if you're there for sure at, at either of those shows. Uh, but there are so many other good, uh, good people to listen to. I really look forward to, uh, Ms. Shedlock's views on deflation, which reflect, uh, are very much similar to a lot of my views as well. So that's at the Chicago show. Uh, Ron Paul, Rick Rule, a host of other people at the New York show. Uh, Jeff Berwick talking about Bitcoin. Really interesting subject. Jeff, uh, is a self-proclaimed anarchist, uh, as I said, and I've, I've known Jeff for a number of years now. He's certainly not a violent person. If, uh, if, an, if, uh, anarchist conjures up a view of violence, well, Jeff certainly doesn't fit that. I don't buy that notion either. I think anarchists are people who don't necessarily agree with the status quo, uh, that seem to be a little bit, uh, a little bit weird and out of place. Uh, but actually, America was supposed to be a place where we could all be individuals. We could be free. We didn't have to goose step uh, to the marching music of Washington and Wall Street. And yet that's what increasingly it seems like we are being asked to do. And speaking of marching to Wall Street and uh, goose stepping along, uh, certainly Curtis Ellis gave us some things to think about today uh, and his warnings about how we really need to be careful and how we need to stop uh, this uh, this trade initiative that uh, President Obama is pushing through, and it's of course not just to be blamed on President Obama. Uh, Speaker Boehner is there as well, and all the powers that be. Uh, I would think the banking interest, the guys that gave us the Federal Reserve, the guys that got us in so much trouble. Uh, there is a um, there is a group of powerful ruling elite that uh, self uh, that that have decided that they that we should all pay attention to what they say and just uh, sort of like lemmings follow their instructions uh, and and give up our individual liberties and our freedoms and certainly uh, if this act goes through that president obama is pushing for it will mean that the united states will have far less to say about its future and uh, and trade laws and so forth and of course, uh, Curtis also talked about jobs, which uh, brings me to next week's guest. We're going to be talking to Alexis Ringwald. She was the co-founder of Valance Energy, and she now uh, is uh, heading up a company called LearnUp. Well, what's really interesting about Alexis Ringwald, uh, in addition to the fact that she was named on the top uh, on a list by Forbes magazine of the top 30 executives under 30 years of age, she is also uh, heads up a company that my son, our son. 
uh, Mrs. Taylor and, and myself, Scott, is a programmer for us. So we're watching this very interesting uh, development. This is a company called LearnUp that is interest that is really focused on helping uh, people find jobs. So that uh, we'll be really looking forward to talking to Al- Alexis Ringwald next week, and also Frank Holmes of. Uh, uh, who is a, the U.S. Go, uh, global fund manager. Frank always has a lot to say about, not only about gold, but about all areas of the economy. He has a very interesting perspective, always very much fun to talk to Frank. We are out of time. That's all the time we have. Look forward to seeing you next week. I want to thank Tacey Trump, my producer, Matt Widener, my engineer, for making this show logistically possible. Thanks to each of you for listening. Until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.